It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get $4,000 in Christmas cash. I guess Daryl Hall and John Oates aren't getting along anymore. Wow. That beautiful relationship they had, she's gone. Sarah doesn't smile anymore. And they can't go for that. No can do. I have a buddy who's a big Daryl Hall and John Oates fan. And I sent him a tweet. And I said, where's your God now? With a story about Hall and Oates getting mad at each other. Well, it's not mature, but it's my way. We are Speaking of not mature and doing it their way, Bag Milk joins us now from Modest Nation. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, despite... Uh you know, I, I too was affected by the news of Hall and Oates. You know, when are we going to see the Mitt play? You make my dreams together again. Now well, that it's not the Leafs goal song, I can get back to enjoying what is an absolute bop by Hall and Oates. Well, I, I just, I don't understand why two guys who have made so much money together, like, but I guess maybe because guys get grumpy when they get older, right? Like that does happen. Sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's, like it's, it's the end of an era, you know. Yeah, like is Wanye the same guy as when you met him, or Jay, or Gregor? Um, yeah, you know what? I'd say all three of those guys are pretty much the same as when I met them. Yeah, they're not so grumpy I, yet. I, it's I, they're getting there. Matter of time. Yet. I mean, Gregor's got a Gregor's got a new haircut. I really enjoy the way he's looking these days. So maybe that's fresh. Maybe that's uplifting him a little bit. But uh, other than that, I think they're pretty much the same. I told him I liked his haircut, and he said a bad word to me. Well, that sounds rude. So maybe, I do, totally. you know what? maybe that's proof of concept that he is getting grumpy. I maybe think it is. is. what we needed. I think it is. I think, that, I think the bet he made, he won't ever make another bet that he doesn't want to for the rest of his life. This is, this is a learning process for Gregor, I would say. I would agree with you, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the – let's first of all just talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Um, it is Gregor that has this news, but they're – you know, they go in nine in a row, and they've been around 44 years, and this is blue rare. This is outstanding. Like, fans are watching something. It's such an abnormal year. But when the tide is high, it's very good. Yeah. I mean, how could you really describe the season we're having? Because, you know, I've been covering the team for 14, 15 years at Oilers Nation now. And it seems like a long time, but I've never seen anything like this. And I was actually surprised to see that the Oilers have never had a 10-game win streak. I mean, Al, you watched the Gretzky years. Isn't mm-hmm. that kind of almost stunning in a way that those teams weren't able to do it? It, it is, and I remember them, and they broke all kinds of records. Uh, but, you, you know, and you would think that that would have been something that they accomplished over the years. But... You know, they did. There were some good teams. Calgary always had a good team. There were some good teams in the league. Boston. There's about five that could win the Stanley Cup, Montreal, any given year. Uh, and, you know, th- probably they met one of those teams. There weren't as many teams in the league, so we were playing the good teams. Not as often, but, you know, over a 10 game period to play somebody. Um, I want to ask you, because you said you've been covering for 14, 15 years. That's a poke. That's a long time. And obviously you knew about the team and was watching them before. I don't remember a team, a defensive group like this one that has calm feet, does the outlet passing. Even when they they have some wobble, they don't 
panic and run around, and even the forwards are helping. Do you remember a team with this kind of structure for this prolonged period in the last, say, 15 years? You know, uh, the only time I can really even compare the defense looking as calm and sound as they were was that brief period, like in the immediate aftermath of bringing Matias at home in last season. I know there's some recency bias in there for sure, for sure. But that was probably the calmest the Oilers have looked on the defensive side in quite some time. So to see them level up even a little bit more this year under Paul Coffey's tutelage has been really interesting to watch. I mean, to put another way, we are long gone from the days of having Justin Schultz on the first pairing, you know, what I mean so it's been interesting to watch the evolution it's been interesting to watch Evan Bouchard elevate his game after you know what was an up and down start for him Darnell Nurse is I would argue playing some of the best hockey we've seen from him lately I think that outside of the his inability to score to save his life Cody Cece has been effective there as well I mean maybe he's probably not a guy you'd want on your first pair generally speaking but he's getting the job done right now so I also think that everybody's elevating their game right now and it's fun to watch like if you had told me when Vinny DeHarnay first came up last January in 2022 that he would now be playing somewhere like he played over 15 minutes the other night against Chicago I never would have saw that coming and I, I don't think Paul Coffey would be doling out those minutes to guys unless he thought that they could handle it unless that he saw that they were able to perform well under the circumstances so I think that you know I think that there's a confident group back there I think the structure that Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey have instilled is, is, is working for them. And they're playing loose. Early in the year, they weren't playing loose. I, and I, when I say loose, I, I mean they're just going out there to play hockey. I'm not, they're not making mistakes. They're not gripping the stick and white-knuckling it. So they're a confident group, and they're playing that way, and they've been fun to watch. And they're, the, the, even the things that are, you know, can be a target, like I know a lot of people are um, upset at Connor Brown's contract and his productivity, but you know, his his shot share is 54%. His expected goal share is 50%. His actual goal share when he's on the ice five on five is 23%. But that regression will take care of that. And we know he's getting chances and maybe he's shooting the puck too much and, and not waiting for opportunity. But this is a guy who's coming from a long way back. And I don't know that I'd be as patient as the orders are being with him, but there are good signs, there are good underlying numbers, even on a guy like Connor Brown. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you in the sense that I don't know how much leash he would still have to play in the top six unless he starts producing. I, I, it's a tough sell to have a guy up there who's only got one point through the 18, 19, 20 games that he's played now. So I, I think that I'd be more concerned. I, I mean, I am concerned, but I'd be more concerned if he wasn't getting the chances. We saw the goal get disallowed the other night. We saw that he had some good looks against Chicago a couple of nights ago. So I almost wonder with him, Al, you know, confidence is a tricky thing in pro sports. And I almost wonder if he's going to get one of those ones where he has a gold bank in off him or he scores a greasy one, or maybe like Ryan McLeod, he dumps one into an empty net and it kind of relieves the pressure that he's obviously putting on himself right now. I bet just that first one going in is going to go a long way for Connor Brown. He's not going to hit the heights that I was hoping for when he was coming in as a free agent, but uh, maybe that's my fault for expecting so much with that much time off so I, I think Connor Brown just he needs one in the worst way and it doesn't matter how it comes whether someone banks it off his butt or whether he scores a beauty I just think he really needs to get that first one and then he'll be off to the races the uh, uh, reports from Tony Brar today he said it's optional skate for Edmonton based off rushes yesterday 
He has Dreisaitl with Janmark and Fogel, McLeod with Kane and Brown, and then the top line and the fourth line remaining the same. Would you be shocked if they ran that tonight? No, because it was an interesting flip by Chris Knobloch against Chicago, right? I thought that was a really interesting flip of Leon and uh, Ryan McLeod. And Leon scored almost immediately after that happened. I mean, you got to give an honorary hat tip to Nikita Zaitsev for the beautiful tip in front of the net. But ultimately, it was productive, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think that what I like most about Chris Knobloch right now is he's providing consistency. He doesn't want to change his lines outside of, you know, putting Connor and Leon together after a PK, which I actually like. But he's letting the boys kind of find something together, and the fourth line's working. Sammy Gagne is coming in. He's he's looking like Papa Oiler right now, and we all love it. And then the first line is arguably one of the best in hockey right now. So I like the patience he's having with his line combos and the hopes that he can find some chemistry. But to your to your point and directly to your question, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if he gets the flip there. Warren Fogle is playing some good hockey right now. With a little bit of luck, he'd probably have more goals than he does. Um, but he's going to be somebody that can play with Leon, and he's going to be somebody that can retrieve pucks for him. And I, I don't know that it's the ideal winger for Leon Dreisaitl, but I think that it's probably a better option today. So I wouldn't be surprised at all, no. Bagnell joining us on Sports 1440. Bagnell is from Oilers Nation. Let me ask you this. If you had to like say, okay, this one was better or hotter than the other one, would you say the 2019-20 line of Yamamoto, Nuge, Dreisaitl w- ran hotter than the current line of Nuge, Hyman, McDavid? Or is it too difficult to make that comparison? I mean, that one, the, when Yamamoto got recalled, I think that was shortly before New Year's Eve, if I remember correctly. Yes, that was. line was hot as a pistol down the stretch. Yeah. So that one was one of those ones where they almost caught lightning in a bottle. And it was fun to watch those three do their thing. And they had obvious chemistry. And then for some reason, the coaching staff didn't really go back to it the next season. So it was interesting to see that one. But to answer this year's first line, I just think this is going to be the better trio of players, but specifically because Connor McDavid is going supernova again, and he's going to be averaging two points a game here over the stretch. And when he is playing the way he is and he looks healthy and he's got the jump in his step and his hands are keeping up to the processor he's got upstairs, it's hard to argue that a a line with that guy centering it wouldn't be better than the rest. So if I had to vote, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with Zanuge McDavid-Hyman. They've got a lot of chemistry right now. Hyman is scoring goals in bunches. Connor scoring goals and uh, goals in bunches the way we want to see him. If Nuge can get a little bit more touch, and we saw him score a beauty against Chicago, if he can start to pick up the goal scoring a little bit to match what he's doing on the assist side, that trio is going to be very, very dangerous, and they could be for a long time. I asked this question to McCurdy yesterday. I want to ask you as well. How many goalies in this organization would you start ahead of Jack Campbell in an NHL game? Well, right now, easily the two. Um, I, I think that Stu's obviously he's our he's our starter right now. Calvin Pickard played tremendously well against the Devils on the weekend. I think that he's deserved a little bit of extra leash with his play. I mean, he hadn't played in two and a half weeks, and to come in and put a performance in like that against a very skilled New Jersey team is not something that we should just be ignoring. So, the bigger question I kind of have is. When did Olivier Rodrigue get more of a chance down with the Condors? I understand the business sense of playing Campbell every night down there, but Olivier Rodrigue's stats are sparkling at the AHL level. And at the end of the day, they are trying to develop some players down there. So my bigger question is not necessarily who should be playing in that for the Oilers, but 
you'd be playing a net for the Condors. Yeah, I, I, I think that because he's played so well, and I know that Jack Campbell's trying to get back to the NHL, but but development does have to ha- you know play a, a a factor at some point in time. They're just going to have to play Rodrigue more. They just are. Um, so what's the plan if the Oilers get to the nine in a row? Is there is there a parade down uh, Oilers Nation? You know, at least around the building. I think, you know, we can do some fist pumps up and down the stairs as we go down to the cafe and maybe get ourselves a nice, delicious, fresh scone from bread and butter. But I think that nine would be great. I'd love to see them set the record, though. Hmm. They've never had 10. I want 10. It's we want 10. We want the chant going up in the crowd. We've got a couple of tough games here, though. I do think that both Tampa and Florida, Florida are beatable for the Oilers, given the way they're playing right now. But at the same point, there are no gimmies in this league. This is the best hockey league on the planet, and they're going to have to play tight because there were times against Chicago where I thought the Oilers were a little bit loose, especially early on, and some of the giveaways were kind of, you know, not something you'd like to see. They were a little bit sloppier than you'd like, and fortunately for Edmonton, outside of Connor Bedard, the Chicago team just couldn't really take advantage of those opportunities. I don't think that's the case with Tampa and Florida, so they got to make sure that they're also dialed in on their details as well, but I see a path to 10 games, but ultimately it starts tonight against Tampa. They got to avenge the loss from Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago when they had the two goal lead early and then they ended up coughing it up as the game rolled along. So if they can play angry like they did against the Carolina Hurricanes only a couple of games ago, then I think we're in good spot here. I think we're in good shape. So I can see the path to 10, but obviously we got to start with nine. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Al. All right. There you go. Bag milk. Good man. Good man, bag milk. Do we call him Mr. Milk? I think we just call him Bagged Milk. I think that's fine. He he seems to like to go by that. So why don't we know we don't need to make it any more professional? Well, we certainly do not want to, you know, create some drama that isn't there. That's just not our style. We don't do that. Couldn't be us. No. no. Let me tell you. Totally not us. Okay. I've got another Robert Goulet story you're not gonna believe. It's coming up. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. What a song. What a band. What a writer. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get $4,000 in Christmas cash. You know, there are some Canadians who are great Canadians who were a little dry and maybe not, you know, in the wheelhouse. Like uh, Pierre Burton wrote many great books and like The Last Spike, but dry. You know, more an historical account that you'd see maybe in a textbook. In a way, it defines Canada, but it's it's antiseptic. It's it's droll. It's it's banal. It's matzo balls. You know, tragically, their songs are like, you know, Wheat Kings or Bob Cajun or they they really are uniquely Canadian. I'm sorry they didn't make it other places, but I'm thrilled that they made it here. And they remain Canadian. Can I tell you a really quick story and then I'm going to get to the Bob Goulet thing? Of course. So there was a guy named, I think it was Ray Newfeld in like 1970. And they 
she wrote a song called Moody Manitoba Morning. And I don't remember the record company, but they said, we want to change it to Moody Mississippi Morning, and we'll record it and push it, and it'll be a hit. And he wouldn't do it. So it ended up being, I think the Bells did it, and he did it, but it wasn't as big a hit as it could have been. I always thought that was really cool. From the text line at one 401 Hey, Al, just turned in and heard you talking about Robert Goulet, as you probably know, and myself being an old Edmontonian. Robert Goulet, at the age of 13, moved from the States with his mom and went to Vic High School. And his first professional appearance was with the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra at the age of 16. After that, he moved on to bigger and better things and, of course, had a fabulous career stateside. Old school hockey dog. You're, you're making my heart full today because I love hockey and I love old stories. I love musicals and I love Robert Goulet. So thank you to old school hockey dog and everybody who sent in items about Robert Goulet growing up here. Keep up the good work, Declan. Don't let low tide push you, push you around. Could you, could you characterize the relationship that you and I have off the air? I would say acquaintances at best. (laughs) I would say, you know, you're out of here without saying goodbye usually. Yes. Which I totally understand. A little chit-chat in the morning about the show Mm -hmm. and me texting you about guests and you giving me one-word answers. This is so good. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. I consider you a dear friend and I know it's not (laughs) reciprocated, but I'm I'm okay with how things are. I am at an age when I don't want to know people. And, you know, like it's like... um, in the in the eighties, when I was in radio, I did so many dumb things, and I got it all out of my system. All of the stupid things I could do with you, I've done, and I had a great time. But do you believe me? What's your favorite alcohol? I well, I I just like beer. Okay, believe me when I tell you, you will reach a point in your life where you have one sip of beer and go, oh. I'm full. Yeah, no, I totally it believe that. It just happens, man. So, like the the all of that I got I got out of my system when I was your age. Well, the funny thing is is d- despite what people may think, you're pretty no nonsense. And I like to inject a little bit of nonsense in here sometimes. And you kind of just bat your eyes and turn me away. So I totally get it. I, I know where you're coming from. Well, I from. think we found an on-air relationship that works. Yes. Radio is, gold. But which started out with me trolling you. And as time goes on, it'll be you trolling me. It was so good Bob had to move time slots. Like, it doesn't get better. than Like, do you know how good our chemistry has to be for that to happen? Don't tweet that out, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. You're going to hear. <laughs> um, yeah. LT, what would you do if you scored 65 points in basketball, breaking your all-time record, and the other team doesn't want to give you the game ball? I'd say... That was the situation that happened last night. Well, did anybody punch anybody in that game? No, but there were some scuffles. And tensions got high. Athletes can be real dinks. Who was it in the playoffs not, maybe a couple of years ago? One of the teams had a tradition of being the last off the ice. And some other guy from the other team just hung around and just waited and waited and waited and waited. Just screamed Sean Avery, but I don't know if that's who well, it was. Well, it wasn't, but it was somebody like that, right? Like, what are you doing? 
my dad uh, mocks Bob Goulet because when they drank together, he was Bob, but when he became famous, he became Robert. Yeah, but did Bob Goulet ever drive a John Deere tractor? LOL. Have you ever driven a John Deere tractor? No, never. It's a great rig. I I grew up in the era where, uh, like, I remember Massey Harris, so I'm old. But all of the tractors had a certain look about them, and they were no screaming hell. Now, oh my God, these are these are fantastic vehicles, and the combines get out of town. You got to sell everything. Ray Newfeld was a jet. Well, you know, you can have names that intertwine. It was Rick Newfeld, though. Sorry. Rick Newfeld from Deloraine, Manitoba. All right. Moody, Manitoba morning, 1970. My God, I'm old. Great part of the country. Pronger kept stealing the game pucks in the 2010 final against Chicago. Funny stuff, but super petty. Pierre Burton, historian, author, journalist, broadcaster, Canadian icon, and weed smoker. He also had a comb over. Best comb over in Canadian history, Randy Levesque. My popsy is a pretty good one. I might have to give him the nod. Your dad? My uh, my grandpa, but we okay. call him popsy. All right. Yeah, I'm telling popsy. you. Popsy. Yeah, I love your family. They really are good people. Thank you. Good afternoon. I don't know what all of this talk is about Bedard. There was the other Chicago players, and I went to the game. Looked like they had a better game. He had one great shot. I don't really know. I really don't know. I think there's other young Chicago players that looked really good. I don't think it was all Bedard that game. Thanks, Darcy. I agree. The kid who passed the puck to him, the defenseman, he's a good player. That guy can play. Chicago will not out-trade him, but... Out of all LT's producers, Declan has the greatest chance to be exactly like LT in 30 years. <laughs> I don't think that's a compliment. I'll take that. No, oh, that's no. great. I'll take that as a compliment. My goodness. You got all your wits about you. You're funny, knowledgeable. Yeah, I'll take Stop that for it. sure. Stop it. Stop it. Um, I've really enjoyed all of my producers, and all of them have gone on to bigger and better things. It's like the opposite of the Spinal Tap drummers. Everybody makes out like bandits once they leave me. And I don't know what to do about it, but, you know. So I got good things coming is what I'm hearing. Well, yeah, you'll end up probably, if you want, you'll end up doing this show. They'll put you on TV. Everybody will love that little baby face of yours, and you'll yeah. get on, you know, network television. Yeah. I worked with Ron McLean, you know. I did. He was my boss in Red Deer. What was he like? Really good guy. Really I good. I believe it. Yeah. He used a lot of big words, which, you know, he'd say, I'd be remiss if I didn't say you missed your air check session, and I'd have to go look up remiss. 
highly irritating. But other than that, he was a really good guy. I'm I'm 76. Liberace stepped on my mom's toe while she was pregnant with me. Beat that from Will. <laughs> I love it. My uh, um, my wife's sister Karen. She has since passed, but um, she was in line to get an autograph from Gordy Howe at. I think Eaton's in Medicine Hat, but I'm not sure what it is. And she was misbehaving a little bit. And so, Karen, get back here. Karen, get back here. So when she finally got up to meet Mr. Howe, he said, hi, Karen. (laughs) She was shocked. And the reason he knew her name was because her name had been said 500 times. Flint Flon Bombers have a tradition of throwing a moose on the ice. One year in the playoffs, the other team stole it. Full-on brawl. Declan, did Robert Goulet do Salisbury Hill? Yeah, yeah so that's pretty good. Can't leave uh, oh, that one down. Oh, man, that's good. Isn't that Billy Joel? No. Do you think the Oilers can make the top three in our division now? Yes. The, the because I'll, I'll, do I have time to go over this? I guess I do. Okay. So if you look at the standings right now in the Pacific Division, just the Pacific, okay? Because we're we're assuming the Oilers are good enough now that they're going to make the playoffs and a wild card spot. But let's just look at the Pacific. If the NHL.com standings would load, I could look at the Pacific. Sweet Lord above NHL.com. Okay, there we go. Uh, division. All right, so the Oilers are in fourth place right now, and that's fourth place uh, in points and also in in w- winning percentage. So they're ahead of Calgary by one point, but they actually have three games in hand. So Calgary's not a concern, and neither is Seattle. So we're 26 games in, and L.A. is nine points ahead. And Vancouver is 12 points ahead. But 29 games basically means that you have 50 games left. So if you're nine points out and you catch a couple of three points every 10 games, which can happen because the Oilers have been through their slump. And LA's playing great, as is Vancouver. I don't think they catch Vegas, but I think they could catch one of those other two teams. And as a matter of fact, I'm... I'm going to say that it's, you know, give it a month. See what happens end of Jan. I'm just saying, end of January. I'm not wrong about this. Maybe they'll slump again, but I don't think they will. <laughs> Stamp hater. Lowdown with low tide is so good that Bob has to change slots. I'm sitting on a train in Calgary with everyone looking at me after the outburst of laughter, thanks to Declan. Well. See, I don't know if that's like a, hey, you made me laugh. You're a funny guy. Or if that's like, I'm laughing at you because what you said was so ridiculous. It's funny. I, okay. I, right. I tweeted good. that out when it happened. I know, yeah. And and um, some people got really mad at oh, me. Oh, yeah. You got in trouble a little bit. See, people were like, what the hell? I'm like, it's a joke. 
I hadn't been on the radio for a long time. I was I was teeming with enthusiasm. And a dear friend of mine said I was wrong. Well, a former dear friend of mine said I was wrong. I got to drive the tractor during hay season, pulled the hay rake and the baler, but I always wanted to drive the combine. Dad never trusted me. My dad was very wise. I was never mature enough to operate a $150,000 machine. They're just, they are ridiculous prices. My former brother-in-law is a mechanic, and he used to, when he was a mechanic in Tabor, he, I used to go in on the weekends because he'd have work to do and whatever. Like, for a, for a city kid, just to climb onto one of those damn things, it's, it's, it is a thing, man. It is a gigantor thing. And expensive? Yeah. I had predicted the Oilers would be back in the playoffs by the end of December. They're two weeks ahead of my prediction. That's from Dean. I've got $10 on the Oilers winning the division. They get 210 roughly, so I'm hoping you're wrong, Al. But I think the Oilers streak ends tonight, unfortunately. They're playing well. Just just so they keep playing well, I think that's that's the... If you're going to lose a game here or there. Could it be that Bush is so good at little things defensively that it takes one of those big mistakes to end up in the back of the net? I just think he was playing in bad luck. And he was a little bit um, caught in the headlights, a little you know, deer in the headlights, a little bit spazzy, a little bit... Uh, can you say spazzy anymore? Oh, yeah, I think that okay. was fine. Uh, a little bit... Um, and I do it. A vapor locky, you know? People get that. Where somebody says something, uh, and it doesn't register. And Bouchard's resting hockey face is borderline bored looking, but you can't help how you look in life. If you look bored or you look 70 when you're 20, that's just the way God made you. $1.5 for a John Deere X9 combine these few days. I didn't know it was that much, but I knew it was a lot. Now it costs over a quarter of a million. I know. Like, you've got to, you have to be, like, to farm now, you've got to be, you have to have Declan's money. Declan, where are you watching the fights this weekend? Ah, yes, UFC 296 this weekend. I will be watching at my friend's place. Uh, I have a couple good good buddies. We get together. We watch the fights together. Do they have all... boy girlfriends? They do. Do they watch with you? No, 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 no. They don't like that. They don't like that. Um, no, I, I have a good couple friends who are as invested in the sport as I am. So we get together. We don't so like Saturday night, you won't be out with your girlfriend. I will not. Well, actually, funny enough, Saturday, I'm going down to Lacombe for a Christmas, early Christmas thing with my stepmom's family. Nice. So I will be driving back from that later in the evening, and I will miss a, a portion of the fight card. But when I'm watching, I'll be watching with my friends. Do you know what journalist came from Lacombe, Alberta? No. Terry Jones. Oh, wow. You got to start there. Oh, huh, interesting. So, yeah. Great town. The Lacombe paper. It, it used to have a, uh, I think it was called Independent Dairies there. And you go and you get an ice cream cone. The best ice cream cone I've ever had in my life. So good. And there was one in Innisfield, too. So there was two places I could go get that fresh, uh, wonderful ice cream cone.
All right. We should take a break. I've got lots of text lined up. I will read some of them. One on uh, Cody CC and one on Resting Bush Face. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. Do you have a favorite Springsteen song? Probably that one. That's a good song. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Dancing in the Dark, classic as well. Born to Run. He does a live version of Born to Run that I have on my phone that I really like, but I'll, I'd probably go with that one. I like uh, my favorite Springsteen song is all from the first time I heard it, <clears throat> excuse me, until today, Thunder Road. He did a live version of it with just basically piano at the Hammersmith Palais in 1975. I have that. Um, well, I, I, it's on YouTube and I watch it from time to time, but the album version is great too. The, the, I just was uh, just blown away by that song. It's, it's actually works as poetry too, which I don't know if anybody's after that kind of thing, but it really does. Okay. A few things. CC isn't what you might look for a number one pairing guy, not to compare a nurse with number four, the best hockey player ever, but Ori and Smith weren't necessarily either. CeCe's best attribute is that he and Nurse play well together from Jim. I agree. I think they played well together this year and last year when they didn't, it was because CeCe was not healthy. And I don't know. Right now, I think the six guys that they are playing out there right now are, you could win a Stanley Cup with that group. Now, does that mean they're going to, not add anybody? I don't believe that. Ken Holland always adds a defenseman at the deadline. The caliber of defenseman might change, though. That might be the issue. Resting Bush face from Ben. I got my first stunting ticket in Lacombe when I was 16. I was across the street from the police station. Yeah. Rufus, probably not the way to go, right across from the st- uh, uh, police station. I dropped my clutch and burned rubber until the police car lit up like red and blue Christmas tree. I was an idiot back then. Two years later, I began my engineering degree. There you go. I think when you're young and male and um, have a car or $20, you are as dangerous as you'll ever be because you have literally no idea what you are capable of and what kind of punishment the world will dole out to you. You can be the nicest, grandest, goodest boy ever. And then a week later, you're buying a $750 pair of sneakers for a girl you like. It happens so fast. And, you know, and I like I know what you did. And I I can't say that I didn't do stuff like that because I know I did. When you like a girl and you're whatever age, you're a teenager, early 20s, it's like, you know the song, uh, When a Man Loves a Woman by Percy Sledge? (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, in the song, he says, when a man loves a woman, he'll sleep out in the rain if that's what she says he ought to do. That's the line. And if you're a guy, you know that's true. Well, I'm sorry, Percy, <laughs> you got to sleep in the rain. We're when we're young, it's 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 good and bad because we're invincible. The problem is we think we're invincible.
tied. Are you surprised the eighties Oilers didn't win ten straight games, Coach Mike? No, not really. That's a lot of games. Nine is a lot of games. I think people are. I think people are underestimating how hard it is to get six. <laughs> Remember the Philadelphia Flyers? I think it was seventy nine eighty. They had like the thirty five games that they went undefeated. It was crazy, and they didn't even win. Tunnel of Love is the best song by Springsteen all day. Mm. I like that one. I think it's from the same album as Tunnel of Love is on. Um, the hell's it called? It's Brilliant Disguise. Oh, that's a good song. Listen to the lyrics of that song. That's really well done. I think they canceled the Gary fight. Was that is that true? They did. Ian Gary was supposed to fight Vicente Luque. He caught pneumonia, and he is no longer When on the did card. they cancel that fight? Yesterday. And so your mama MMA was wrong. Well, it was current. Wrong! It was current at the time. Things are fluid. Things change, but... Uh, Why can't you... We're going to have to cancel that feature if you can't see into the future. I know. Well, listen, if you want to... If it's for the good of the... Sh- if canceling it is for the good of the show, I'll do what it takes. I would never cancel that. I'm I'll, not going to be self-serving here. I want to give the people what well, they want. You're never going to get anywhere in radio if you're not self-serving. Alfred said, I knew a kid in Saskatchewan who paid 2000 for wedding shoes. Well... just trying to think of the most money I spent stupidly. Um, I did do something when I was young that I don't regret, though. I had um, <clears throat> I had probably 200 albums, and some of them were like, like Blondie's Heart of Glass on white vinyl, and I had green vinyl on one, I don't remember who, and I had... A bunch of stuff you could never get because I ordered it from England, like punk rock and EPs and stuff like that. And I had uh, Springsteen bootlegs. I had Stones bootlegs. Uh, I had all these records. And I met a girl. And I went to the Sound Connection, which was on by the, remember the brick? It was right off, kind of kitty corner to that. And I drove up from Red Deer on a Saturday. And I took them all in and I got... I got real money for it. Like, I needed it because I wanted to take this girl out, and I got real money for it, and I do not regret that. So sometimes, I mean, that might be, you might go, what the hell? And I do think about it, but I don't regret it. But you regret the $700 shoes. Yes, very much so. I could have bought a lot for myself with that. Well. Could have bought a plane ticket somewhere. Could have seen Peru. Maybe not, but per. could have done a lot. Who's the, is it Paddington Bear? Yeah. <laughs> what a life that guy lives. Totally, right? Whenever I think of that, I think of uh, Bryn Griffiths, because he told me once about Paddington Station in London, and he went on and on and on about it. He's very good at creating a scene, like p- creating a scene, not physically, but with his with his imagination and words. On Robert Goulet, LT, lived a block away in Westmount from my aunt. Also for a brief period, worked at CKUA, I believe, from Jumpin' Jack Flash. Magic is Springsteen's best album from Ben. I don't know that album. Glory Days, always been my favorite Springsteen song.
Atlantic City is my favorite from the boss. I like from that out. That's Nebraska, right? I like um, open all night. Is it where he's, he's yep. driving through the New Jersey Turnpike and the the radio towers? Like I can't remember the line. It's so good. I remember Wendy at the something something big boy. That's a great record. It's a really really good song. Highway Patrolman, another good yeah. one. For that album uh, from the River Wreck on the Highway is kind of like that. I don't know if you know that song. He's a great lyricist. Yeah. Got a wife and kid in Baltimore. Jack went out for a ride and then never went back. I mean, it's a terrible person, (laughs) but it's a great lyric. um, There are some lyrics that are just, you know, spine-ting. You know a song that doesn't get any airplay anymore? That really should, because it is it is one of the best lyrics I've ever heard in my life. We'll make sure it gets some tomorrow. It's called Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Oh, one of the best songs of all time. Might be on the Rushmore. Like, how can you listen to that song and not be heartbroken? No, that's all, I still listen to that song oh frequently. That's a, that's a shower song for me. Holy crap. Like, anybody who can be that brilliant artistically to write that, you by the end of that song, you're demolished. And it's a song. It's not a movie. It's like a four-minute song. And at the end of it, your heart aches. That's great art. That's Tracy Chapman. Secret Garden by Springsteen is awesome. The Queen with Paddington Bear. Candy's Room. Oh, that's from Darkness. I remember that. Darkness was not well recorded. He was going through some tough time with his his, um, agent, as I recall. And it took him forever to be able to release that album. It was the follow-up to Born to Run, but it was three years later that he got it out. LT, do yourself a favor. Get Bruce Springsteen or Bruce Springsteen's Seeger Sessions album. My dad and I went through two CDs. I will. Oh, just bought this beauty for the girlfriend for Christmas. One of those us presents. Neil Young, Live Rust. You will love it. Love it. Oh, I love that album. I love Rust Never Sleeps, Live Rust, anything with Neil Young and and Crazy Horse. God, I love that music. I just do. I have no hearing left because of Neil Young, and I regret nothing. Who's your favorite artist to listen to really loud? (laughs) Little Baby. What now? Little Baby. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Not going to resonate with too many listeners, I'd imagine. Is, are you? Are, is it? Is this a? Is this a? You're going rap already? Yeah, I have to. I we, gotta... Did we just not have somebody <laughs> who said, "I love, I love Robert Goulet"? No rap, please. Ah, stick to the status quo. You know, stick to what you know. What, what got you to the dance? Would Friday be the best day for us to do a rap day? Probably get everyone amped up for the weekend a little bit. Could be. What fun. if we did like we do Twang Tuesday? What if we did the Friday rap? We can definitely do that. I would love that. Well, like, can we try it tomorrow? Yeah, I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but let's let's see how she shines. Yeah, we'll test it out for sure. All right. Okay. Well, we're breaking new ground. All right. Jason Greger on the way. Thank, I know my my voice isn't quite what it should be, and I thank you for hanging in. I thank Declan for being in the same room with me, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Please enjoy your day. Greger's next. Time for an update.